Our Holy Gospel this evening comes from the Gospel of John chapter 13. Glory to you, O Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. And if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And let us pray. Holy Spirit, Wash us clean and hold us in your love. Amen. Well, there's a theme that runs through all of our readings from John this week, and that theme is this. Jesus Christ is king, though not the kind of king we expect. On Palm Sunday, we heard the crowds welcome Jesus, shouting, Hosanna, welcoming him as a conquering king, saying, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we also heard how Jesus responded to this acclamation, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey in reference to Zechariah 9.9, Your king comes to you lowly and riding on a donkey. While the crowds hoped for Jesus to be a militant king, coming to drive out the Roman occupation, Jesus revealed himself to be a lowly king, leading no army, but speaking peace to the nations. 
So if on Palm Sunday, Jesus revealed himself to be a lowly king, then tonight on Maundy Thursday, he reveals himself to be a loving king. None of the other Gospels have the same focus as John does in telling the story of Jesus' last supper before his arrest. In all three of the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the central event of the supper is not Jesus washing the disciples' feet, but instead the institution of the Lord's Supper, the sacrament of communion. In fact, those very words that we use when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, as we will tonight, come directly from those gospel accounts along with uh, the reading from 1 Corinthians that we just heard. So if Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus on Jesus' promise to be present for us and to forgive our sins, John focuses on the depth of Jesus' love. I mean, listen again to that opening verse. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Well, as an expression of that love, Jesus gets up during the supper, prepares some water, and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Now, foot washing is not a common part of our lives today, at least not in the way that it was back then, so it's maybe not obvious to us exactly what's happening here. But in ancient times, before cotton socks or tennis shoes or rubber boots, the type of footwear people wore was, for the most part, leather sandals strapped onto the feet. And if you've ever done much walking in sandals, you know just how dirty your feet can get especially if it's a hot day, if you're sweaty and you're walking on a dusty road. Even if you've just bathed, you were wearing freshly washed clothes, just the walk from the wash basin back to the house would leave your feet filthy. So it was common practice in those days for there to be a basin and some water available intended for the washing of feet. And if you were hosting people for a dinner party, let's say, it was expected that you would provide water for them so that they could wash their feet when they arrived and be comfortable and clean for the meal. Now, what was not common was that one person would wash the feet of another. Now, very occasionally, if the master of the house owned a slave, perhaps, and they wanted to show extravagant hospitality to their guests, they might have their slave wash the guest's feet, but it would be extremely rare that this would happen. And when it did, it was almost always a slave woman who would do this work. But for a free person to wash the feet of another, that was just about unheard of. So maybe you can understand Peter's offense when Jesus, his master and his rabbi, stoops down before each of the disciples and takes the posture, does the work that is appropriate only for a slave. Now I must admit, I've often thought of this action of Jesus as something of an object lesson. Uh, That Jesus is just showing them that they shouldn't be afraid to embarrass themselves, perhaps. Uh, as they serve others in their lives. But after spending so much time in John's gospel over the past few months, I really don't think that's the whole truth. I mean, certainly Jesus does want his disciples to live radical lives of service to others, but to see this as only an object lesson, I think is to miss the depth of the love which motivates Jesus. 
I mean, it wouldn't be the first time in John's gospel that we've heard of someone showing their love by caring for another's feet. Remember, less than a week before this, Jesus was at another supper with his disciples. This one in the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, a family whom he loved. And during that supper, Mary took a pound of perfume and anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping it with her hair. She wasn't doing that as an object lesson in order to teach Jesus something about service. She was doing it simply because she loved Jesus. She used that costly perfume on Jesus' feet as a sign of her deep devotion to Jesus, a sign that she would follow Jesus wherever he might go. And now Jesus is doing something very similar for his disciples. He's not merely teaching them a lesson about humility and service, but he's expressing his deep love for them. And in doing so, he shows himself to be a very different kind of king indeed. For this king is free free from the rhythms and patterns of worldly kings. He's not bound or motivated by the pursuit of honor or fame. Rather, this king acts entirely out of love for his subjects, even when his subjects don't deserve it. For Jesus here washes the feet not only of the good and faithful disciples, but also the feet of Peter, who can hardly bear the scandal of it, and who will that very night deny Jesus three times. And he washes the feet of Judas Iscariot, who has already decided to hand Jesus over to the authorities. Earlier I pointed out that John's account of this night is unique, for it makes no mention of communion. And while maybe you could take that to mean that John doesn't think communion is very important, I think the opposite is happening. Because in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, Jesus, your king, is doing something for you that is very similar, very much the same as what he did for those disciples. Because in the offering of his body and his blood, in, with, and under the bread and the wine for you, Jesus Christ is humbling himself to be used by you, humbling himself out of love for you. And as you eat the bread and as you drink the cup, you abide in him and he abides in you just as he promised way back in John chapter 6. That same love which moved Jesus to wash the disciples' heart, well, it moves him now to wash your heart, to calm your fears, to forgive your sin. For Jesus Christ, your King, is a loving King, and His love for you washes you clean and keeps you in His grace. Amen.